Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie Wednesday morning, the 28th of September. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The most anticipated budget in many years. Indeed, the biggest budget in the history of the state has been announced. The government is to inject over 11 billion euro into the economy. So what does it mean for you? Well, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to share your thoughts on what this budget will do to help you cope with the cost of living between now and 11 o'clock this morning. There has, of course, been already much reaction to what the government announced yesterday. The income tax package that the Minister for Finance announced will benefit someone on 135,000 to the tune of 830 euro, while three quarters of earners will actually only benefit by 190 euro. So what message does that send out to people who are in the squeeze middle, whether you're a staff nurse working in our hospitals at this point in time, or a teacher or somebody in the private sector earning €35,000, that somebody on €135,000 is going to get a tax break at least four times more than what you're going to get. Thanks to your income tax measures next year, somebody earning €100,000 will be €831 a year better off. Now contrast that with the situation for somebody who's earning between 25,000 and 35,000 euros. They will earn an additional four euros a week, 191 euros a year. And that's gonna cost one over one billion euros, one billion euros. And when you consider many of the tax cuts that are proposed, actually won't even apply to people on under 40,000 euro outside of some small adjustments to USC. 1.2 million taxpayers will hardly feel any difference Whatsoever. The increase in the standard rate cut-off point will benefit the highest income earners by €640, Euro, but is of no benefit to anyone earning less than €37,000 Euro a year. Does the Minister know that this change will only benefit approximately 23% of workers? 
meaning almost 80% receive nothing at all from this change. And no effort has been made to claw back any of that gain from those at the very top. What we actually got in this budget is not a giveaway, it's not a bonanza, except maybe for the big corporations, the energy companies uh, and the wealthy. But for ordinary people, we got a few sticking plasters on the gaping wound that is the housing and homelessness crisis and the cost of living crisis. But those sticking plasters will not stop the bleeding the hardship and the suffering of the cost of living and housing crisis that is blighting the lives of tens and tens of thousands of working people, of pensioners, of students uh, and of the vulnerable in our society. The response to yesterday's budget uh, from uh, the opposition voiced uh, there for us by Piers Doherty of Sinn Féin, Jed Nash of uh, the Labour Party, Roisin Shorthall of uh, the Social Democrats and Richard Boyd Barrett of People Before Profit Let's hear from government now. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, joins us. A very good morning to you, Minister, and thank you indeed for joining us. I suppose you could say they're never happy. Uh, What do you uh, uh, say about what was delivered yesterday? Do you believe it was a fair budget? Good morning, Michael. Um, I do believe it was a fair budget. And I mean, the whole point of this budget, the intention behind this budget was to support people in a targeted way, but to make sure that everybody who has been impacted by the increase in fuel prices, the increase in prices across the board and and people who are struggling at the moment, that we put money back in people's pockets, that we made sure that those who are working, that work can pay and that also we put money aside into our reserves because we know that while we have challenges now, there may be further challenges into the new year. So we have tried to, in various different ways, be it across changes in taxation, be it across increases in social welfare payments, not just for those in job seekers, but carers, disability, other types of support, but also the more once-off targeted payments. You, you have to look at this budget in the whole. So some of the comments we've just heard from opposition parties there, they've singled in on one individual measure or they've singled in on one aspect of the budget. But if you look at it in a whole, so if you look at the changes to tax, the increase in direct social welfare payments, the direct payments then on the once-off this side of Christmas and even going into the new year and then the more general support for businesses so people who kept the doors open all throughout COVID and who we supported and want to continue supporting I do believe it is a fair budget in saying that I have to stress that when we look at I suppose the the bottom 20% are those who are most in need those who are most vulnerable be it pensioners be it those on lower incomes the the, the lower 20% have actually gained the most out of this budget and that was really important as well so everybody benefits in some way but those who need support now at the moment will get the most Um, and I think most importantly as well we're looking not just to the end of the year Mm. because some people might say well you know fine we get a double payment for a bonus at Christmas we get a double payment for child benefit there's a lump Mm. sum for fuel allowance all of these things are positive we're very conscious then that obviously we need to make sure we have reserves in the tank come next year because nobody knows what's going to happen then. But these measures, it's 11 billion. It's, it's the largest budget we've ever had. 4.4 billion of that is once off. And then the remainder goes into new services, increased payments and, and benefits that people will feel, not just this year and at Christmas, but later on next year as well. OK. Um, you said pensioners uh, will be uh, uh, amongst the biggest gainers. Uh, what will pensioners actually get, uh, those uh, who rely on the state pension, who have no other means of income and don't 
have access uh, to um, some of the other benefits, uh, the living alone benefit or the household package uh, and so on, they'll just get €12, isn't it? Well, what we've done is we've increased uh, the pension on a weekly basis by €12, yes. But if you look at the vast majority, um, be it somebody living on their own or with another person, uh, they will receive the uh, electricity credit. So that's €200 in November, in January, again in March. That's to try and offset the increase in the fuel that we're we're all experiencing. Uh, You will have many, many and not all, but many who will benefit from uh, the fuel allowance because if you look at those who are uh, in receipt and the numbers, so that's a form. No, I I mean those who don't get fuel allowance. Well, I think if you look at things in the round, the vast majority of pensioners will qualify from some other types of pensions. Okay, but uh, if you look at at things... just the €12 increase in pension. But if you look at things in the round for people who don't get the fuel allowance, what do they get other than the €12? Well, again, you may have some that would qualify for the living alone allowance. So you may have if you look at if you I'm going back to the original question, which was uh, for a pensioner who doesn't qualify for the living alone allowance and who doesn't qualify for the fuel allowance, what do they get other than the twelve euro? Well, what they will get by the end of March is a six hundred euro lump sum. Everybody uh, gets that, though, don't they? Them. Yes, absolutely, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, but again, you will see that increase. So that's not a once-off increase. That's a twelve euro increase. Mm. For pensioners, it's also for carers, it's for people with disabilities, it's people on job seekers. Mm. As well as that, though, the vast majority, and I appreciate what you're saying, is not everybody is getting other types of support, but the vast Mm. majority of pensioners will get those supports. And I suppose those who aren't getting those supports are not those that are at the lower end that require the, the, the same level of uh, specific targeted investment and those in need. So again, to go back to the fact that those mm. who are in the lowest 20% are actually gaining the most because they are the people who need those direct targeted payments. So whether it's the bonus at Christmas, whether it's the fuel allowance lump sum, yeah. the living alone, any of those. But I do appreciate that there'll always be people mm. who don't qualify for those. Okay, yes, an awful lot of people, an awful well, lot of people, and it was, uh, the, the, the same would apply uh, to people who are unemployed. Uh, uh, you're, you're, you're talking about, what, €1,200 over the course of the year uh, for people in that situation. You are, but look, yeah. I mean, you may have people that would benefit from the abolishment of the inpatient charges in hospitals. That's well, well, everybody will. You have the lower rate no, drug payment scheme, no, which is capped at 80 euro yeah, a month. But, so. but hold on, hold on. 1,200 euro a year for somebody uh, who really has a very low income. Uh, you're, you're going to benefit yourself, Minister, uh, to the tune of about 2,500 euro. Uh, and you're somebody who's on an, a salary of 183,923 euro. You're going to get €1,600 through tax breaks. You're going to get the €600 that everybody gets in the electricity. You'll get a a double child benefit worth 280. That brings you up to uh, 2,500. Now, compare that to a pensioner who's going to get 1,000. Well, first, I'm not the figure that you've mentioned, and and I have given back any increases that I've received over the last number of years. But that's, to be honest, I, I don't think we should be talking about me. What we're talking about, and you've just said, well, uh, why, 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 why not talk about you as a, as a decision maker, as somebody who's sitting at the cabinet table, who's going to enjoy an increase in your income this year of about two and a half thousand euro, uh, and at the same time is telling me it's fair to give somebody who's on little or nothing a thousand euro. So, if I could just take you back to the point that you're making, so if this is a person that is on a lower income they will most likely benefit from the many supports that I've just mentioned. Fuel allowance, living alone, there is a lump sum Christmas bonus 
that they would receive as well as pensioners if they are somebody that requires that additional support they will actually benefit from all of those other payments as well as the changes in healthcare, as well as the lower rates of the drugs payment scheme um, as well as the 12 euro increase which is the highest increase we've had in a number of years point so, remains the know, same minister and if you feel it's fair um, that that's your entitlement uh, but I, i'm not sure that people listening uh, will be able to accept that uh, that somebody uh, on a salary such as yours is going to uh, enjoy an increase of two and a half thousand others are going to uh, increase more uh, and uh, it seems the better off you are the more you're going to get and the less well off you are the less you're going to get well I, I don't accept that I think it is a very fair budget um, again I would repeat I have never taken any pay increases over the last number of years so the figure that you've mentioned is not correct. Um, in saying that, I do have a good wage. I'm not saying that I don't. But what we have tried to do is that those mm. who are on the lower wage, those who are on the lower incomes, those who need our help the most... Well, that's not true either, actually, Minister. And I'm not, I'm not trying to personalise this. Uh, I'm talking about the pay of Captain Ministers. I'm not trying to personalise it to you, but I'm talking about high earners generally. And high earners, uh, 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 middle income earners and high earners ha- have done really well from this budget. Those who are on low income, between twenty five and 35,000, as we heard a few minutes ago, are going to be uh, uh, enjoying gains, if you like, of €4 Euro a week compared to €190 Euro a week. Where's the fairness in that? Well, if I could point out maybe those who are now moving from the €35,000 up to €40,000, that's, you know, a household where you might have two people starting off in their careers, where you might have a nurse and a guard, to, to give the traditional example, where you might have two people that are not earning a huge amount, that still have mortgages to pay, that still have childcare, that still have children going to college, yeah. to be able to take them out of the higher tax bracket. Yeah. They're paying 50%. The typical Fine Gael voter. This is a political budget for the typical Fine Gael voter. That is exactly the uh, people uh, who vote Fine Gael typically. What about those who don't, those who are earning 25,000, €26,000? They're getting nothing out of this. Again, I would disagree with that, Michael, because you still have people who are earning that, I suppose, that bandwidth or that... that that's, um, earning that income. They're not paying the same level of tax. We have taken over the years more and more people out of tax brackets, those in, in lower incomes. But those people will still have children in college where they'll benefit from a thousand euro reduction in fees. Those people will still have children in creches or childcare where they'll benefit potentially up to two thousand euro per year if they're in the national childcare scheme. It's, it's the biggest investment we've had in the reduction of childcare. They'll still benefit from the electricity credits. They'll still benefit from many of the other supports. They'll be working in businesses that will be supported as well to make sure that people can retain their jobs. So I think specifically taking one element of the budget on its own and saying it doesn't benefit everybody, that's not the way any budget works. So you're not going to have a budget for every single Oh no, it it does. It, 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 It benefits every high earner in the country. I mean, you know, and there's no doubt about that. If you earn over more than €45,000, you're going to have a, a, a pretty good budget out of this. Well, again, I would point to the fact, and this is not government saying this, but if you look at all of the targeted measures, you look at all of the supports in the round, you look at all of the changes to the longer term, you know, job seekers, to pensioners and everybody else, the lowest income, the, the, and I hate, you know, I don't like using this word, the poorest 20% in our society 
are actually benefiting the most. Mm. And that's not government saying it, that's analysis. The, that vast, the, the, vast, majority, the vast majority of workers are, are, are not benefiting from uh, the tax cuts in this budget, Minister. No, and not everybody will benefit and yeah. changes. But, but the higher earners will. Everybody does benefit in some way, shape or form. So those who are on the lowest wages, we've seen the highest increase in our minimum wage ever. You have people then who are not mm. paying tax in the same way as others. You have people who are paying a much lower rate of tax. So yes, they're not going to benefit in the same way from changes to the tax brackets. However, we've changed the USC bands again to make sure that those groups don't aren't negatively impacted, that they do see an increase. But again, to go back to all of the others, so, you know, mm. the the free contraception, the, the changes in inpatient charges, mm. something like money now for IVF, which we've never had before. Families who may be on a lower income cannot afford IVF because it mm. is thousands of euro will be able to access that and will be able to get support from it. So I think if people look at this in the round, and there's a huge amount of information, I'm still myself trying to come to terms with, with all of the different schemes and the proposals and everything that's there. But if you look okay, at it, have, have, have you managed? Everybody will benefit from it. Have you managed, Minister, to take a, a look at how this budget will do further damage? to the housing crisis in this country, uh, a crisis that the President of Ireland des- described as disastrous. Uh, the minister decided yesterday to continue with the help to buy scheme, despite being told by Mazars, a group of consultants, that it's socially regressive, which was said to every member of government before that scheme was introduced. And then on top of that, he introduced a, a 10% levy on concrete. Well, the help to buy scheme, from what I know, and I suppose I know a lot of people who have benefited from it, mainly first-time buyers, yeah. young couples, it has helped over 35,000 people to buy their home. To buy bigger uh, homes with bigger deposits. Uh, it hasn't really done anything to help the housing crisis. Uh, and that's why it's socially regressive, as the report to the minister describes it. Uh, and then there's the 10% levy on concrete. Do you know how much uh, concrete goes into building a house? But you know, Michael, this is a debate that I would have had with my own father and with many others many years ago when we were trying to respond uh, to the issue with pyrite. And this is directly in response to, to pyrite, but the follow on with MICA, where you have billions are now being spent mm. remediating people's homes because of defective. And I think your own father would have said that the quarry should have paid. Well, look, that, I, that, was, that was a legal battle. That, that if, I, if I remember correctly, the quarries aren't paying. It, it's, it, it's first time buyers who are going to pay now. Well, what we need to make sure is that those involved in the industry, that there is some contribution. Otherwise, it is every single other taxpayer that is paying billions for these homes to be remediated. So this is directly in response to the fact that we have thousands of homes, that with the pirate, but now with MICA, that have to be remediated, that have to be paid for. And this is a contribution. They're not paying for all of it. This is quite a, a small contribution. Mm. Grand but it's the first time buyers are going to pay for it. Well, I think it is important that we have some contribution from the industry where you have thousands of people whose homes are are simply not livable. Mm. Um, And it's a debate that's gone on, as I've said, for for over a decade now. And this is the first time in over 10 years where we have pumped hundreds of millions into the pirate scheme and others that there has ever been a levy put on the industry. And I appreciate not everybody has been involved in the development or the building of these particular types of homes. But I think it is a very small price to pay to contribute to what is a significant mm. amount of money that you, I and everybody else is paying towards making sure that these people's homes, as they rightly should be, that okay. they're fixed, 
and, and that they are remediated as well. Okay, uh, just to conclude, Minister, if I can, uh, <laughs> on your own um, portfolio, um, a thousand new Gardaí promised. Uh, that's been welcomed uh, by the Garda Representative Association. They say they will welcome a, a thousand uh, new positions, along with the eight hundred positions that were promised last year, but were never delivered on. Well, we've delivered on quite a significant number of those last year. Um, and the problem is not money. The the problem is making sure that we have the recruitment system up and running. Uh, and I'm pleased to say that we had over 11,000 people applied this year. And we're now at a position where we will have a steady stream of recruits coming into Templemore. That has been the biggest challenge even in the last year. It wasn't money. It wasn't commitment. It was getting recruits into Templemore where you still had the overhang of COVID-19 and reduce space. So we will now soon be at a position where we can get those 200 in every three months. And that means we can get 1,000 into Templemore next year. And that's on top of the, the civilian Gardaí. So, I, you know, I appreciate, I think we're all a bit frustrated. We've been kind of at the same level of number for the past year or two. And it, it has been impacted by COVID. But I think with this sustained investment and the fact that I'm now going to open up another recruitment campaign next year, it means that we will have that steady flow uh, and the superintendents and the, the um, chief superintendents who are meeting now this morning here in Kildare. That is their main focus, that we have a sustained flow of Gardaí. But also, you know, if I could, I mean, we have €3, million Euro, uh, three billion Euro, sorry, being invested in justice overall this year. Over €2 billion of that is for the Gardaí. And, you know, it's not just about boots on the ground. We'll have money for body-worn cameras, for mobility devices, for all of the supports that they need. But also we've seen, and I have secured a 22% increase in our funding for domestic sexual and gender-based violence services. And that really has been a priority and a focus for me. And I know it's a focus for the Guardian as well. So um, overall, I think the, the budget, which increased 3% on last year for the justice vote, um, I think it's a progressive budget and I think it will invest in the services and the people as we need it to. Um, and obviously, you know, we'll be working with the Gardaí to make sure that those numbers continue to increase because I think it's a priority for all of us. Minister, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. That's uh, the Minister for Justice, uh, Finnegale TD, for me, these Taylor McEntee. Uh, and we'll have lots more discussion about uh, the budget throughout the programme this morning. But most of all, we'd like to hear from you. And a couple of people in touch with us already. Jimmy Andrada says, will you ask the Minister why pensioners have to wait until January for this massive increase of €12, Euros, which will be eaten up by price rises? Uh, I saw someone say uh, two uh, bales of briquettes is what you get for €12. €12, he says, is not going to be sufficient for pensioners to pay their way with the cost of inflation uh, and the way it's rising at the moment. Thank you for that. Uh, Somebody WhatsApping us saying, yeah, she would say that, wouldn't she? More money... uh, to you if you're earning more. The more you have, the more you get, the less you have, uh, the less you get out of this budget. Somebody else says uh, the spend is open-ended and the taxpayer is utterly defenceless uh, and uh, that is before the children's hospital plans are finished. Somebody else then, this is Aidan who is WhatsApping us saying, please correct the start of your programme. More fake news. You should be giving your listeners the facts. Anyone earning over 40,000 will gain as much as 
is someone who is on 130,000 from the tax changes, not just anyone over 130,000, as mentioned by Pierce Doherty, or 100,000 mentioned by Jed Nash. They're both being economical with the truth. Winders yet again makes my blood boil, says Aidan. Thanks uh, indeed uh, for that, Aidan. I think uh, they were giving examples that were accurate. Uh, another text uh, from someone who says, as usual, with the budget, they give it to you on one hand and they take it away with the other. Thanks if you have been in touch with us so far today. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Let's get further reaction uh, with local TDs in County Loud. The Melda Munster of Sinn Féin and Fergus O'Dowd of Fine Gael join us now. Good morning to both of you and thank you indeed uh, for joining us on the programme today. And Melda Munster, first of all, it, it is easy to pick holes in, in any budget, but this was uh, a record spend in terms of an annual budget for a government in any one given year. And the reason for that is because of how prudently the government has presided over uh, the fiscal uh, state of the country and that we have approached this, as the Minister said, from a position of strength uh, despite everything that has uh, faced us in terms of challenges with COVID and the war and energy creases. There's a record number of people at work and the economy is very buoyant and the government has to be applauded for that, does it not? Well, firstly, Mike, um, we're in a cost of living crisis and people are at their wit's end. I don't know from one week to the next how they're going to, to pay bills. And bear in mind that even before, you know, the war and the energy increases and um, the cost of living increasing further, Ireland had one of the highest cost of living um, crises, if you like, in the EU. We were way more expensive than most countries in the EU when it come to, came to energy costs and it came to childcare right across the board. Mm, and the highest wages and the highest welfare rates but, and so on too. Yes, but that's, but, but that's where we were at. People were paying through the teeth over and above um, for, for pretty much everything, more so than other EU countries. But having said that, I would welcome, there are some measures that we would welcome. For example, the free school books for um, primary school children, that would be a big help to parents, you know, from, from next autumn. Mm. The reduction in college fees, that takes a little bit of pressure um, of parents and the cost of college fees and then have, maybe having to source accommodation for rent or whatever. But the reduction in the college fees, in fairness, that's to be welcome. And also abolishing the inpatient charges in hospitals. This will further help people in that sense. But overall the government actually failed to give certainty to people because that's that's what people wanted, you know, as regards energy, costs, health, tax measures, housing, renters, mm. all of that. People, you know, if you look further down the road, there, there's nothing actually going to improve over next. The spending on public services for next year is actually less than this year. And where these are interim measures okay. that are needed in a cost-of-living crisis, they're temporary measures. All right, let me go to you Fergus know. O'Dowd because I think everybody would like certainty, Fergus O'Dowd, but is it possible to give people that level of certainty when the only thing that is certain that is that nothing is certain? Absolutely, and I think uh, we saw the example in England there last week when they gave the commitment, you know, to meet whatever the bills are over a certain limit, you know, that their economy is in very serious trouble because the world markets are saying 
that is not sustainable. But what is sustainable is what I believe is what the government doing is supporting, first of all, those people who are sick, those people on social welfare, uh, increasing their income and giving them the commitments of the lump sums for the fuel allowance, the lump sum for pensioners with disability and living alone allowance, the lump sum for working family payments and so on. Um, and obviously every house uses electricity. That is the worry for everybody. I don't know anybody who isn't worried about that. And the €600 Euros per household, I think, is it, it, won't, it won't meet all the bills. There's no doubt about that. But it will certainly, I believe, make a significant difference to people. And that's what people are telling me. Uh, and obviously what the Thomas just said this morning on RTE, that uh, if, if, if there's more firepower needed next year after, uh, after February, uh, you know, there is money there to meet that if that is needed. But what Sinn Féin are saying is that they will, you know, they, they, you know what happens when they're, you know, free for all in terms of energy uses uh, and covering all costs, um, when that ends in February, what happens there? So, mm. what happens there, Mel de Munster? Well, firstly, in regards to electricity, and that comes back to what I said about uh, people want certainty. The government haven't capped electricity costs, and so many other EU countries have done. We've called on them to do that. You have France, Austria, Poland, Denmark, the Netherlands, and I think Germany and others that I just can't remember at the minute. But we would have brought electricity prices back to the the current pre-crisis levels and capped it until February, right? And that would have had 2 million households get through the winter months. At least they would have known the electricity was manageable. And bear in mind that electricity prices are due to rise again on the 1st of October mm. by 26%. So that's, that's the certainty that people wanted mm. in relation... And who would pay the difference? Well, what we had said was we'd bring in the, the windfall tax would be to regain some of that. Hmm. But at the minute, the government are given the, the 600, the t- 3200 payments towards electricity. But electricity is going to go up again, and gas actually, in the 1st of October. So if your bill was, say, this month or last month, was yeah. 400, and it goes up by 26%, that's yeah. over an additional, that's 500. Hmm. So your 200 means less. Because of a hundred, a hundred of it, it's halved. Okay, but what if it goes up by a hundred percent? Who paid the difference? Well, what what we had proposed was to give put the 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 cap on until February, yeah. and then come February, judge it from there, because that's exactly what the government are going to have to do with with our once off payments of two hundred. But at least if you put a cap on electricity costs, and look, the government are point blank out saying they weren't doing. If you look at all the other EU countries, they've done it. Mm. They've done it. It gives certainty to people that you're not worried. Yeah, there is a point in that, is there not, Fergus O'Dowd? Um, there is, of course. And I mean, uh, it, it, I think the example is what happened in the United Kingdom. They did that and nobody believes that it is sustainable. And uh, that's why that's why uh, the International Monetary Fund is ringing Liz Truss uh, today about all of this. And they're asking, I understand, uh, to go back over that promise because it can't be met because it's not cancelled. But, but the point is that all of, the, all of those who are weakest in our society are getting significant additional help. And that's what we should be doing. And that's what we are doing. And the people that are contacting me in my office, while they all know, and everybody knows, mm. that the government is not going to be able to pay all the increases, they can't. Uh, but what it is, they do believe that it will make a difference to them. Well, everybody uh, is getting €600, Euro, uh, and there's yeah, a lot of people yeah. who'll get nothing 
on top of that other than a 12 euro increase on their weekly social welfare rate? But on, on the social welfare, for instance, everybody that's on social protection, pensioners, carers, people on disability, uh, in October, they'll get they'll get a double payment in October. In November, there's a lump sum allowance for people on fuel allowance to get an additional uh, 400 euros mm. cash. Uh, there'll be lump sum for pensioners of 200 euros if you're living alone. That's an addition. Mm. Mm. Uh, 500 euros for working parent families. That's a lump sum, a double payment of child benefit for all families. Okay. Uh, it, that's 140, I think, mm. for the average child. 500 cost of living payment if you're on care support. So there's lots of other additional things there. Will that be uh, enough to get people through, do you think, Imelda Munster? No, I don't think so, Mike. It's, um, you had said early, earlier on in the show, um, and one of your texters had said that 12 euro increase uh, won't be paid until January. But the, the ones that are qualifying for, for um, fuel support, mm. fuel lands. It's literally just, it'll help in the in the immediate, you know, it'll help to tide them over and take some of the worry, but it's not long term. I mean, if you look even at the budget yesterday, even as regards health, right, you have two major problems, two, there's more, but there's two main ones, health and housing. There's not one single additional acute bed delivered in yesterday's budget in the midst of a health crisis. And that'll do nothing to reduce waiting lists. If you look at the housing no additional resources to provide more houses. Mm. None whatsoever. They've actually downgraded their targets because they didn't meet their targets for three years. And then renters, the renters, the tax credit of, of 500. I mean, the government had actually argued before that this measure was inflationary and that landlords would pocket it. They refused to, to okay. do what we had asked to bring in the rent freeze for three years and put a month. All right, there's there's a lot there's a lot more you've just said. Let Fergus O'Dowd respond to some of those points if you wouldn't mind, please, Imelda. Well, I think the first point is that uh, clearly by by the building of houses, we're putting 4.5 billion into housing this year. That's more than ever before. Uh, I think there's something like 24,800 houses in the last 12 month period from August to August have been finished. 28,000 homes have been started and over 40,000 homes have got planning permission. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on. If you walk the streets of Drogheda, mm. if you've crossed the bridges, you can see houses, apartments, left, right and centre. In fact, people are complaining that there are too many of them. That's what I'm hearing. Well, there's going and to be a lot around. fewer because of uh, this 10% yeah. uh, levy yeah, well, on concrete uh, and that could uh, yeah. put jobs at risk for that matter. Well, I think that the point there is, as this to the, ex- I don't mean rudely, experts this morning in the building industry, and they were saying that it could add on average, they reckon, about 1500 to the cost of a house. But what the taxpayer is paying at the moment, and everybody knows this, there's four billion going into the MICA scheme in, mm, in places yeah. like Donegal. And it is quite clear that that was because the building industry, in the broader sense, uh, they, they provided a okay. product which wasn't fit for purpose. So, And just a, I mean, a, a, on rent, uh, on rent to respond to Imelda Munster on rent? Yeah, well, on rent, as I understand it, and I don't have to find detail because, like everybody else, I've been I have been busy all since last night. But as I understand it, that would be per individual. So if you, mm. if, if as I understand it, it's not per dwelling or per, yeah. per mm-hmm. apartment it's for the individuals in there. So so each person will, will benefit by that amount. Uh, the, the other point I want to make is about acute beds. Uh, look at the acute bed situation in the Lourdes Hospital. In 2015, there was about, I think, 380 
eighty-five, sorry, three hundred fifty-eight beds there. Mm. There's now four hundred and seventy. There's been huge investment in Drogheda in the Lourdes Hospital. Okay, in the two beds. Yeah, right. So, so she's wrong. There's right. been okay, you're wrong, Amanda Munster. One hundred and thirty beds out in Drogheda alone. Mike, how can Fergus say with a straight face that I'm wrong on health and housing crisis? Everybody You're wrong. The Rinder Lord's Hospital is a very significant increase there, by the way. There's still waiting lists. Everybody in the real world knows that there's a crisis in housing, there's a crisis in health That's and true. renters. And I don't know who you have in your constituency office, Fergus, but people are pulling the hair out of their heads, whether they're waiting for years on waiting list okay our time has run out on us I'm afraid so you two will have to agree to disagree because we don't have the time to go any further but our our listeners uh, undoubtedly will deliver the verdict uh, through their texts and phone calls and thank you both for joining us on the programme this morning two TDs in County Louth Imelda Munster of Sinn Féin and Fine Gael's Fergus O'Dowd Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. Now, thanks to Margaret in Avenue, says Michael, this is a disgraceful budget as it is all about the big boys and girls ensuring the government uh, gets votes. I'm a pensioner. I've worked all of my life since the age of 14. As far as I'm concerned, this is an insult on top of injury for the people who get up early for low paid jobs with no tax relief for them. And also, it is the pensioners that put this country on its feet. And €12 Euro is just an insult. Uh, text on WhatsApp from somebody who says the pension increase is about 4.5%. The average increase of weekly shopping is about 25 
to 30%. My daily newspaper has gone up by nearly 40% over the past few months. That's Sean in Dublin 9. Uh, another WhatsApp message from somebody who says, weak government and Duracell bluffers like backbench TDs will not crack the whip where needed. Uh, that's uh, Bill. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, another one from somebody uh, who says, uh, do you know, Michael, did the carer's allowance increase? All welfare uh, allowances increased uh, by €12 euro, and there's to be a €500 euro payment uh, to those on the carer support grant in November, which uh, hopefully will come as welcome news to you, caller. Uh, Thomas uh, in Drogheda says, how much more do people want? Something for everyone uh, in this budget. It was a well thought through budget uh, and it covers 90% of the people. Sorry, that's Noel Kavner who sent that from Thomas Street and Drogheda. Thank you, uh, Noel, for that. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll take a butt on that point uh, with our, our next guests. We're joined by the Labour Party spokesperson on finance, Jed Nash, who's a TD for Loud and East Meath, and the Minister for European Affairs, Thomas Byrne, who's a TD for Meath East. A very good morning to both of you. Thanks for joining us. It is true to say that some people didn't do as well out of this budget, Jed Nash. Uh, as we heard you say indeed uh, at the top of uh, the programme uh, this morning but uh, Noel Kavanagh is right most people have done relatively well out of, uh, out of it haven't they? Yeah it's, it is that sort of classic late late show budget where um, there, there is something for practically everyone in the audience but when you spread things around very thinly uh, the impact can be diminished for those who need the most support and government are really at pains Michael to try to present the budget as you know, an enormous spending spree to help the worst off through this crisis. And it would be churlish to say that this isn't a large spending package that they announced yesterday. But what we want to do and what we need to do here is actually separate out the once-off measures that are going to last between this week, essentially, and the end of this year. And then the actual budget package for next year, which looks very, very different the 4.1 billion euro that's been spent over the next period of time. Very welcome, of course, that there will be lump sum payments to you know, certain social welfare recipients. To um, that will be double mm. double social welfare payments, which we call for ourselves. Okay, but are you asking the government to spend money that they might not have? Because a lot of this hinges on corporation tax. No, no, I'm not. Um, certainly not. And there is a healthy surplus this year, and. It's forecast that there will be an even healthier surplus next year. So and I did predict, and I stand over mm. this, based on the conservative package that both government have put together next year, a €12 euro increase to social welfare rates, and with the dust clears on the €4.1 billion euro package, it's going to be back to business as usual next year. A very small, below-inflation uh, increase for pensions, road social welfare payments, and the tax changes that were introduced really are kind of classic Fine Gael, not something I'd necessarily expect from Fianna Fáil. No clawback for the better off. You know, if you're €100,000, you're going to be taking home 831 more a year than you did this year, 191 if you're on €35,000. Where's the fairness in that? All right, Minister, where's the fairness in that? Well, look, Michael, can I just first say that I think there's a lot of your texters uh, are very confused about what's in the budget for pensioners. Can I just be very, very clear? Um, For pensioners, there's a double payment at Halloween and Christmas uh, if you get the feudal allowance, there's a lump sum of uh, €400. Euro. If you're living alone, there's a lump sum of €200. Euro. They all get the energy credit as well. And in addition, and this is really important, the man stopped me only two weeks ago when I was out of my walk and asked me this, we'll have 90,000 more people who will qualify for the feudal allowance next year because they've raised the income limits. Mm. So a whole lot more pensioners are going to get significant sums of money to help them with the cost of living crisis. And I think 
to be fair, I think a lot of people are saying, well, it's 12 euro a week. They're not looking at all the other benefits that are in the budget. And there's significant benefits for pensioners and for all of society in this budget. And all of the research shows uh, that the government has done so far, and we see what the ESRI says this week, that the biggest benefits goes to those on lowest incomes and the lowest percentage benefits goes to those on highest income. And that's what this government, that's what Fianna Fáil is all about. But being as fair as possible to everybody. We want to encourage work. We want to encourage jobs. We want to bring people up the ladder. And if they can't get up the ladder, we're going to look after you. And that's mm. what this budget is doing. OK, but if you're earning nothing and you get an increase of 100%, you get nothing. Uh, t- talking, about, talking about increases in percentages is irrelevant. Uh, when you talk about... Uh, pound, shillings and pence or euros and cents, it's a, a different day's work. Uh, because if you're a pensioner and you don't qualify for the fuel allowance and you don't qualify for the living alone allowance, you just get the €12 euro and the €600 euro, uh, in energy credit that everybody else is getting. Uh, whereas I- I- if you're on big money, you're getting two and a half, three and a half thousand €3,500 out of this. Well, you're also getting the double payment at Halloween and Christmas. Uh, if you don't qualify for fuel allowance as a pensioner because you have more income, now what we're saying is we're going to increase that to allow a whole lot uh, more pensioners into that fuel allowance system. Mm. And not only does that give you a fuel allowance... They, they, but it doesn't uh, change it the figures. To get their home it doesn't change the figures. For people who are on less than €250 euro a week, they're getting around a, a €1,000, uh, euro, uh, maybe €1,500 euro out of this budget, whereas somebody who's on big money is getting two and a half, three and a half thousand €3,500 out of it. They're not because it means they somebody, are some, a millionaire. Sorry, a millionaire uh, is getting an eight hundred and thirty euro uh, tax decrease. The same as somebody earning forty thousand. Yeah, well, well, when, there's, when, when there's yeah, two we, in the family, it's sixteen hundred. Uh, add in uh, then some children. Uh, uh, add in college fees. Add yeah, in the six hundred. Yeah, add in the six hundred euro. Uh, and if you're a millionaire couple with children and college going uh, children at that, uh, you're looking at maybe five thousand out of this. Uh, Michael, I mean, with respect, I mean, this is just bonkers talk. What? This budget. If you look, you look at what... what you, hold on, what's bonkers talk? Its budget. You look at what Britain has done in terms of its budget. By what's bonkers talk, Minister? Economy. Well, I'll tell you why. Because in Britain, they have put their entire national economy at risk by giving tens of thousands of tax cuts to the wealthiest. What's bonkers talk, Minister? What's bonkers talk? The, the idea that we would complain about helping people with childcare. The idea that we would complain about... Now, hold on, you're talking... You, you mentioned a millionaire couple. Uh, a millionaire couple will get €1,600 Euro in tax cuts. They'll get the €600 uh, uh, credit uh, for energy. Uh, they'll get an extra 280 let's say, or maybe 500 uh, in terms of uh, the boost for child benefit. Uh, they could save uh, maybe 2500 5000 uh, in childcare fees. Uh, and the list goes on. College fees being reduced by a thousand and so on so you're talking about pensioners getting a uh, thousand to fifteen hundred and you're talking about millionaires getting five thousand plus so what's bo- what's bonkers about I mean, that you're, you're, i mean I, th- I think at this stage now you're giving the best benefits to everybody and the, and the worst benefits then to everybody else the fact is we need taxpayers to pay the taxes that pay uh, for what we're distributing in a fair way the reality is because of running a surplus this year hopefully next year we are not borrowing money. We're getting this all from taxation. So those people earning a million pay a massive amount of tax. They pay a fair tax because in this country, the wealthier pay a lot more uh, than the lowest paid. A lot more in percentage terms, a lot more in cash terms. 
And that's because okay. we run a fair country. Well, that, we look after all well, that, that, that is the truth, Jed Nash, isn't it? That, that, Jed Nash, it's because the high earners pay so much in tax that the government is in a position to use that tax to increase pensioners' income this year by 1500 assessment and <clears throat> thankfully the economy is is doing well and the story of Ireland over the last few years since we've recovered is that you know it's been very much a, a foreign direct investment led recovery and there are very good jobs in, in Loudoun Mead and Dublin uh, people who are listening in this morning if they can are benefiting from those good jobs and those companies benefit from the high skills base that, that, that we have. The, the, the central point I'd make though about tax we have a progressive tax system it's, it's the second most progressive in the OECD after Israel. And that's something that we should all be proud of. Those who earn the most, uh, pay the most in, and that's a, a, as it should be. But in order to have a more equitable distribution of, of this particular cost, you could, for example, do something we did in 2015 when the 41% rate and then 40%. The countervailing measure then was you increase the USC by a couple of percentage points on people who are earning over €60,000 at that point in time. Now what we would do actually to try and claw some of that money back is to actually impose uh, or reduce um, tax credits for those who are earning under under €100,000. Something, by the way, Fine Gael said they'd do in 2016, their 2016 election mm. manifesto, and we, we haven't seen that. And all they're doing now is actually talking about narrowing the tax base, which will mean there'll be less money available into the future to invest in public services. And there is a lot of effort um, been, been made by government over the last 24 hours to try to, to spin this as a really progressive budget. But well, the government has, in fairness, the, 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 the government has done quite well in addressing the needs of low-income earners, uh, those below €25,000, has it not? Uh, because of all of those things that I mentioned about children, college fees, uh, free school books, going to the doctor, uh, transport fees, uh, as well as uh, the family income supplement uh, being increased and so on. Uh, there's a lot of people who are on lower incomes that will do very well out of this budget, as will higher earners. Um, yes or no, it is a bit of a mixed bag. And there's a couple of points that you made there about people who are on, on the lowest incomes. I mean, we believe that the national minimum wage should have gone up to €12. Euros. It, it, it won't uh, come close to that. And that will set government's agenda back in terms of the achievement of a living wage, which is really just a, a rebranded national minimum wage. It's, it's how they, they present it. But, but even leaving that aside, I mean, commitments were made yesterday. Like what we should be doing is cutting costs for working people, not necessarily cutting tax in the way that we did, because... You know, the kind of tax cuts that we saw yesterday do, whether we like it or not, the distributional aspect of that is that they disproportionately benefit those who are better off, unless you claw some of that back and they've chosen not to do that. So how you cut costs is actually by cutting the everyday costs of families. And attempts were made to do that yesterday with some improvements around childcare. We say that you should cap childcare at €200 Euro per child per month. That's the way to do it. That's what they do in countries we like to compare ourselves against. That would make a real difference. But also for, for, for those who, who are the lowest paid, what you need to do is, is is focus on children in terms of GP care. The minister yesterday announced, it's incredible, like he couldn't fulfil the uh, commitment he made last year to actually bring a free GP care in for under sevens. We brought it in for under sixes. He's now saying that 400,000 people across the country will have free GP care. There's no targets for that. Mm. He hasn't discussed this with the Irish Medical Organisation. We know that GPs are under enormous pressure. It's difficult. We'll come back to that in a moment, but let me just go back to the minister. Uh, I'm I, just concerned uh, how he's going to achieve yeah, Okay, and it's a valid point. We'll come back to it in a minute. Let me go back to the Minister. Uh, Minister, uh, are you surprised to hear criticism over uh, what the government has done in terms of reducing the cost of childcare? Uh, Look, I think we have made massive steps in reducing the cost of childcare over the last couple of years. We're not going to get everything right absolutely every time, but there's a significant reduction 
uh, for people in relation to childcare, significant government spending. And quite frankly, I think there were so many measures in this budget to help people that I think a lot of them just haven't yet filtered through, even to some of us, like we're still trying to work out exactly what's happening in every area. And I just outlined to you, I think, to counteract some of the mm. information that's out there about pensioners, what they're receiving. The fact is, if you look at the, and indeed page 30 of the budget expenditure report shows the impact um, by, by, by income on this budget, the poorest 10% in Ireland get a 6% uh, boost to their income uh, from this budget, and the richest uh, 10% is down at 1.9%. Mm. They're earning more money, so they're, they're always going to benefit at some point. But Does this budget is bringing equality in Ireland has actually improved dramatically in recent years. That's a fact. I know the opposition don't like to say this, particularly Sinn Féin. It is a fact that incomes have, Irish people overall have more income. Mm. And the gap between rich and poor in Ireland is narrowing. I mean, it's not perfect. Okay. Not maybe where we'd like M- Minister, I was speaking to somebody last week uh, who just uh, moved to my locality uh, and uh, can't get a, a GP to see them. Uh, and I was speaking to somebody yesterday who called to see their GP, somebody uh, who's been seeing the same GP for years. Uh, and they were told uh, that the first appointment available will be the end of October. Um, what is this uh, measure going to mean in terms of waiting lists to see GPs or whether you'll be able to see a GP at all if 430,000 extra people will get a free GP visit card? Well, first of all, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're determined to make sure that the cost of medicine is reduced. That's what Sloan to Care uh, is mm. all about. But there aren't really enough doctors. That, that is obviously a key problem and that is something that the the minister is working really really hard on i mean look we need more medical education places the the budget is actually providing money for that i don't know the exact amount of money but we absolutely accept that Uh, i think as well we've got to go to other methods of uh gp care as well for some of us who don't have maybe have serious issues i mean during the pandemic some of us were able to do online consultations for minor issues uh, with doctors i think we need a lot more of that for, for minor issues don't get me wrong if you're sick please go to your gp um, and, and that there's no doubt that that is an issue. And I think that we have looked at pay uh, in the public sector. Uh, we are looking at more educate, uh, places in education. That has to happen. Uh, and the government is acutely aware of that. And I see that in many of the towns uh, in Mid-East. Uh, there's a problem. It's a problem if a GP retires. Uh, but we are definitely focused on that uh, to try to ensure that GPs are adequately, adequately resourced and there's enough of them. Uh, to do the to do the job that needs to be done. Okay, this debate obviously will continue uh, into uh, the coming weeks uh, and undou- undoubtedly the coming months uh, because uh, there's so many uncertainties around the corner. Thank you both for joining us this morning, though. That's uh, Minister for European Affairs Thomas Byrne, who's a TD from Mead East, and uh, the Labour Party spokesperson on finance, Jed Nash, who's a TD for Louth and East Mead. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. We're intervening today to help homes, to help businesses with rising costs. We know we have many risks. We know how quickly they can develop. And I know we need to do more. We need to build more homes, continue to improve public services and respond with courage and with resolution to our defining challenge of climate change. But we can and we will. The political centre of Ireland that is pro-European, supportive of enterprise, committed to a sustainable future for our public finances and for our environment has, with the hard work of the Irish people, 
helped get us ready for today, so soon after confronting a pandemic. Many are looking at this budget today for confidence. They look to the budget for help. Count Corla, we can and we should be confident about our future. We know our citizens need help. We know our employers need help. And this budget aims to give this help. I commend Budget 2023 to the House. The Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, speaking in the Dáil yesterday. Let's speak uh, to the Sinn Féin spokesperson on finance and uh, Deputy Leader Pierce Doherty, who's on the line. A very good morning to you, Deputy Doherty. Thanks for joining us on the programme. Uh, do you uh, go into the next year with confidence, as the Minister suggests? Uh, there certainly would seem to be plenty of reason to do that, as he says, uh, on the back of a, a war after a pandemic. Here we have an €11 billion Euro budget. Not only that, uh, but they're putting two 2 billion euro into the National Reserve Fund this year and 4 billion next year. Yeah, I think, uh, Michael, I think really where, where the budget, you know, failed was to give people that certainty. You talked about confidence, that, that certainty, that confidence that not only would they get be able to get through the winter, but also that we have a government that's planning for the future, that's planning to end the crisis that we've had in housing and in health. And I think that was very lacking in, in, in yesterday's budget. You know, I'm talking to people this morning and they're still worried about price rises. And that's why, you know, Sinn Féin's proposal in terms of energy should have been the one that the government introduced, which would be to bring electricity prices back to where they were pre the crisis and then keep them at that level right throughout the winter. This is something that the European Commission outlined to all uh, EU member states back in March was uh, was a possibility. It's something that many of the European member states have already done. I think about eight of them have already provided that certainty to their citizens in terms of costs and reducing their costs. Others like Netherlands and the D- D- Denmark have announced this week that they're going to introduce measures. And actually Germany now are the, the latest country that speculated that they're producing legislation to provide uh, that certainty for customers that prices cannot increase. I think it was a very big mistake that the government didn't decide to do that uh, and have left people in the mercy of, 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 of energy companies. I think the second part in terms of certainty is the, 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 the rents uh, and the fact that they haven't capped uh, rent increases uh, is another problem. They should have frozen uh, rents. They should have reduced rents by putting a, rent, a month's rent back into renters' pockets. Uh, we've campaigned on this for many, many years. I'm sure I've spoke about this on your mm-hmm. radio show. The government have argued black and blue against it. They actually said that if you introduced a, a renter's tax credit, it would end up in the pocket of landlords. But of course, it couldn't under our proposal because we would also cap rents, meaning that they couldn't increase. But what the government did is they did a half-baked job of this year. They've given the credit, but there's no cap, which means it is going to end up in the pocket of landlords. And I think people needed that certainty as well. Probably the big takeaway, you know, when you yesterday was a catch-up budget. We know from like the Financial Times, Bruegel, these are independent, you know, internationally renowned uh, organisations that have done research. They have shown that our country, Ireland, was the worst in Europe in relation to providing support for citizens and businesses in terms of the energy crisis over the last year since September. That's not, again, our us saying this, this is the Financial Times and Bruegel saying it. So yesterday was about catching up. Yesterday was about spending the billions and trying to 
protect people. A lot of people haven't got that type of protection. Uh, people have been left short, and I, I think that's a, a, a big mistake in terms of government. Mm. But I think the big takeaway that I took, and it's kind of buried in the, in the documents, is that inflation is going to continue to rise beyond what anybody expected next year. So like the, this winter, inflation is going to be more than, than we've ever seen before. And then the first three months of next year, inflation is going to be over 10%. Like that means for people that prices are going to continue to rise on mm. top of what they've already been. Yeah. And right throughout next year, right up until uh, Christmas of next year, these prices are going to continue to rise. And that's why I think some of the decisions that the government made yesterday in terms of not protecting those that were most vulnerable, those that are in middle incomes, that 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 that, that was a big mistake and mm. we'll come back to bite them. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think it's recognised by everybody that there's very dark days ahead and it'll be some time before inflation uh, drops. Uh, but... Uh, what about housing? Uh, you mentioned uh, the issue with rent, which obviously you take issue with. Uh, what about the vacant property tax? Will that bring more property, uh, uh, make it more available to people? Look, we've campaigned for vacant property tax now for years and years. We've been telling the government, we've actually been putting forward amendments in the finance bill that they've voted against time and time again. So, as I said, look, look nobody's a fool here. Everybody knows that this government is keeping a close eye on Sinn Féin. Uh, you know, as Mairead Farrell, my colleague, says that, you know, they've, they've tried to steal our wardrobe, but there's been a wardrobe malfunction. They've got the shoes in the wrong feet and they're wearing their shirt inside out. Uh, and that's the problem. They've taken some very good policies and they've made a dog's dinner of some of them. Some of them, they're half-baked. Uh, in terms of vacant property tax, long overdue. But what we need to now see is the, the, the clear detail of it. Derelict buildings should not be excluded from this year. What's the point of excluding derelict buildings from a a vacant property tax? That makes no sense whatsoever. So the devil will be in the detail. Also, any measure that uh, that is trying to change behaviour, because we really don't want the money Mm. here. What we want them to do is bring them into use again. Uh, So any 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 kind of measure of that needs to be uh, punitive, which means it needs to start at a certain rate. But if it doesn't work, that needs to increase. So it doesn't seem to be that 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 is the proposal of the government. But look. Self-declared, though, if if it is self-declared, will it be possible to police, even if it is revenue, who is policing it? Look, I have a a huge amount of faith in the revenue commission. I know, but if I tell you I've lived in the house or somebody has been in the house 30 days a year, are you really going to go and check? Look, that'll that'll be challenging in terms of the thirty the thirty days, and we need to tease that out in terms of how that will happen. But look, most of these properties that we're talking about aren't talking about people who are just you know left them vacant for thirty days. Yeah. We're talking about properties that are on your main streets and in your towns, and they've been left for, they've been left derelict for months and months and months. And there are ways that you can do that. For example, energy usage is one of the ways that the revenue is able to calculate. Yeah. When, the, when we used to have a second homes tax, uh, they used to be able to use energy use. Uh, to be able to indicate whether that was a second home, so you can uh, you can see very clearly okay. if you know if lights aren't on, if the, you know the heating isn't on, mm. you can see that there, there there's a low amount of energy, which means it's not been mitigated. So there is there, there is mm. ways of doing that. That isn't my biggest concern. My biggest concern is in relation: is it punitive enough? Are we are we exempting? I don't like what I'm hearing in terms of the fact they're exempting uh, derelict buildings, uh, mm. and we need to get down to the detail. But long overdue. And the other thing yeah. is, when's it going to come in? Because they talked about a, a, a site level. Yeah. Uh, that was brought in last year, but it's going to be another couple of years before it's actually effective. So okay, just 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 to stay with housing for a, an, another issue, uh, the minister published a, a report he received from Mazars yesterday on the help to buy housing scheme. Uh, are you surprised he, he decided to extend that scheme to the end of 2024 when he was told in that report that it's a, a socially regressive scheme? 
I haven't had a chance to, to read the report, given the day that was in it. A lot of reports mm. are published on Budget Day, but uh, that doesn't surprise me if you're if what you're quoting in terms of that report. We've had the Budgetary Oversight Committee. Uh, we've had other organisations saying that this this scheme actually pushes up house prices. On the face of it, look, it's great. Who doesn't want €30,000 to help them buy a house? It makes, uh, you know, everybody would grab it with both hands in this time of desperation when house prices are out of control. But we also have to look at the evidence here and the evidence here is that a large amount of people don't need this money. They already have the deposit uh, to, to purchase their home. And the second thing is that it's pushing up house prices. And look, look, the government have been, you know, some people would say they've been successful. They've actually mm. pushed house prices up beyond the Celtic Tiger peak. Like, it's crazy that we now have house prices beyond the Celtic Tiger peak. And when we're getting this year and year, when they're continuing to increase, we need to sit back and say, what's driving this? Mm. And it is the government policy that's driving this. The help to buy is one of the ways. What we need to do is not throw extra cash at it, throw extra cash at housing, which in the, in the, at a point of little supply will just push up prices. Mm. What we actually need to do is for the state intervention in a real meaningful way okay. to build socially affordable and cost rental houses. Uh, and many people... The be- government. Because of these huge prices. A big mistake. I'm we, sorry. We were putting yeah. 1.5 billion yeah. euro extra yeah. into housing, delivering 20,000 social and affordable housing. The government put something like 37 million in okay. extra, and I think that's a real big mistake in the in the, in the teeth of a crisis. Uh, and I'm sorry uh, for talking uh, sorry, uh, over you, but uh, I mean, there's so many people who are in such a desperate situation uh, just to rent somewhere, or find somewhere to rent, uh, or buy somewhere, and buying uh, has become a pipe dream for many people at, at this stage. Uh, and there was a disappointment from land lords who I think had expected that there would be done something uh, to help to keep them continuing renting out. Uh, that didn't happen. And then on top of that, uh, there was this uh, 10% on uh, concrete, uh, which is to help people uh, predominantly in your constituency. Was it the right thing to do? Well, just let me say in, in relation to the landlords, and again, a big, big problem in terms of this budget is the government continues with that sweetheart deal to the institutional investors. And now we know that these the investment funds aren't just buying up new homes, and it's not just related to Dublin anymore. It's they're, they're spreading their wings further than Dublin, but they're buying second-hand properties. These, com- these funds, multi-billion euro funds, are incentivized to actually push up prices uh, in the market and to outbid first-time buyers. It's absolutely cruel. It's a disgrace what is happening. Like These people charge rents of €2,000 in Dublin and 1400 on average in the rest of the country and they pay no tax on that rent. If you have a home and you're, have a, and you're renting it out, you're paying tax on that rent. If you have a company that has a couple of houses, you're paying tax on that rent. Yet these com- these institutional investors, because of the sweetheart deals that Pascal Donoghue, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have given them, pay no rent whatsoever uh, or no tax whatsoever in a multi-million euro rent roll. And that, because of that incentive, that allows them to pay more to purchase the property in the first place. Again, going back to my point, this is these type of policies are pushing up house prices. House the housing crisis isn't a natural disaster. It isn't a pandemic. It isn't a war in some other country. It is a direct result of government policies. But crucially, it can be changed. It can be sorted with the proper policies as well. In relation to the levy that you asked me. Mm. And, and in terms of MICA, first of all, uh, uh, levies need to be introduced. We need to, and we've argued, for example, the biggest beneficiary um, of, uh, of, of, of of the MICA redress and the pirate redress scheme will be the banks, because the banks at the minute have big mortgages. People are paying big mortgages for homes that are falling down. And uh, the real value of those homes are zero. They're, they're, nobody would buy them in the morning. Um, but yet this scheme, which is going to see a lot of taxpayers' money going in to help these families rebuild their homes, are going to see the bank's balance sheets restored. The bank 
banks need to make a contribution here, and that is without a doubt. The levy that the government have been talking about looks as if it's going to be on the product itself as opposed to the profits. I think that's that's seriously questionable. And also the timing of this levy has to be looked at because, look, we've, we're going through a period of massive construction inflation. Prices are continuing to rise in relation to, uh, you know, the, the, the products that are being used to build homes. Putting an extra levy on, on some of those products at this point in time before these prices come down, I think, is the, is the wrong mm. timing as well. Uh, I think it's probably true to say that uh, pensioners uh, who don't get the fuel allowance or the living alone allowance, along with people earning uh, between twenty five and €40,000, are the ones who will get least out of uh, this budget. Uh, but this budget probably plays well to the Fine Gael constituency, possibly the Fianna Fáil constituency? Look, well, look, there, 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 there's things in this budget that, that we welcomed. As I said, there's things in this budget that we pushed the government to. Like, none of these parties were talking about childcare a couple of years ago. We're the party that put this on the agenda. We said we can cut childcare costs by two-thirds. I can remember debate in Pascal Dunningham prior but, to him but, last year. But they have delivered uh, it. No, well, they haven't delivered it. They've delivered a quarter of the 25%. It mm. should have went a lot further. So somebody like, it, so, you know, people are paying up to €10,000 in terms of childcare fees per annum. Absolutely, €2,000 reduction. Mm. As I said, every family would grab it with both hands. Yeah. But we were saying, and may thank we were them in the polling booth. We could reduce it by 6000 Yeah, but the, qu- the, qu- the question is a political one. I mean, I think people will probably thank the government parties in the polling booths. Oh, look, as I said, you know, one of the, one of the jobs of an opposition party uh, is actually to affect government policy. And as I said, the, these parties weren't talking about these issues uh, b- b- before the last election. You know, these parties were wedded to putting up the pension age to 68 before the last election. You know, that's that, that's a result of the change that people voted for in the last election. That's a result of the fact that these two parties are looking at us, looking at the polls and saying, look, we need to start looking at what Sinn Féin are saying. So that's, you know, like at the end of the day, you want to affect change for your citizens. The best way you can do it, and there's no doubt about it after seeing yesterday's budget, the best way that change can happen in this country is by having a Sinn Féin government that would actually plan for the future, invest in healthcare, invest in housing, making sure that those most vulnerable in society were protected. Like, you know, you, you know, and I'm sure your radio is full of it over the last number of weeks in terms of the health crisis, the challenges and the pressures in different hospitals, the closure of different uh, sections of hospitals. And yet, what happened yesterday? The government decided, despite the crisis that we have in health, that not one single acute additional bed would be delivered in our health service anywhere, whether it's Drogheda, whether it's Donegal, whether it's Kerry or Dublin. That's an absolute disgrace. Okay. An absolute disgrace. You know, and that's, if you don't plan on a budget day to make the investment, what you're guaranteed uh, is that your radio will be chock-a-block uh, next year with people on waiting lists, with emergency A&Es overflowing and pressure in terms of our frontline staff. And the reason that that's all going to happen is because yesterday the government decided not to make the appropriate investment in health. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you indeed for joining us on the programme this morning. Pierce Doherty is Sinn Féin's spokesperson on finance. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. Now, Attracta, thank you very much indeed uh, for your call to the programme this morning. Attracta says she's been listening to all of uh, the talk on the programme about the budget and she has to say that she is always grateful for what she gets. Attracta tells us, I was left widowed in my 30s with a young child to bring up and went out to work for as long as I could because I had no choice. I'm now in my 70s and I don't have money because when you're widowed so young you don't have savings. I don't smoke. 
I don't drink and I don't go on holidays. I've always been a budgeter. I just get on with it. I think nowadays a lot of people don't budget or save for a rainy day. I appreciate that there are genuinely people out there who are finding it hard, but there are an awful lot of people who don't know how to budget. Through the summer, I still bought my fuel and the coal now is €35 a bag, which is a lot of money, so that I'll have enough to see me through the winter. I'm always a person who's grateful for whatever it is I get. Well, good to hear from you, Attracta, as always, and thanks for your call to the programme. Thanks, too, to Olivia in Navin. Olivia says, Michael, I think you're just trying to find holes in this budget. Hmm. I, I, I think that's part of the job of the media. Uh, I suppose uh, the media and the opposition are, are one in that sense, so Olivia. To be perfectly honest, you look for holes uh, so uh, that you can hold the government to account and uh, if it was Sinn Féin or Labour or people before profit, uh, you'd have Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael picking holes in it and the media would continue to pick holes in it. So yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, there's a lot of good in the budget and there's no doubt about that, but there are some problems in the budget and I think people are recognising that to some degree. But anyway... Olivia says, we have a global energy crisis and the government at least is recognising this by giving us some help towards our electricity and giving those on fuel allowance extra. Would I like more in my pocket? Of course I would. But I'm delighted to see that pensioners are getting an extra €12 as they're going to need it. At least I'm working and I'm not depending on welfare, although I'm not on a huge salary, uh, having said that, just the average wage. Thanks very much indeed, Olivia. I do appreciate that. Mick, thank you for your call as well. Mick says the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer in this country. What benefits are any of the announcement made yesterday to the homeless people living on our streets around the country? They're struggling to survive and yesterday's budget did nothing to help them at all. Thanks, Mick, uh, as I say, for your call. Uh, thanks to Alfie as well, who's WhatsApping us, uh, saying uh, a vicious question for you this morning, Michael. Have we got a health minister? Of course we have a health minister. Stephen Donnelly is the health minister, Alfie. Uh, Another text uh, from Ellen who says, I'm a pensioner. My son lives with me because he's working. I'm not entitled to the fuel allowance. He has his own family, but he he can't afford a house. And I worked all of my life. The whole thing is a joke, says Ellen. Thanks, Ellen, for that. Uh, Derek in Cedarfield also WhatsApping us saying, utter garbage. This budget, as previous budgets, makes the rich richer and the poor stand still at best. Why not means test everything? If you earn over 100000 you shouldn't be getting anything from budget, he says. Thank you for that uh, as well, uh, Derek in Cedarfield. Thanks to Mareida Andrada, who's WhatsApping us. She says the government is a disgrace. I work part-time three days a week and part payment of social welfare due to my disability. I got a €10 Euro a day rise from work. Uh, the social down stopped me 40. Now I can't get the fuel allowance. So this budget means very little to me. I pay a mortgage, I have bills and so on. I'd be better off sitting at home, doing nothing and getting it all handed to me. Uh, thanks, Mairead. Um Sorry to hear uh, that that is your situation and that's the way you feel about it, uh, for that matter. Uh, Mary is in trim and she says, Michael, I'm a pensioner. Oil never came down. Uh, would we be better off getting an electric fire? All I know uh, with the budget is next year is going to be a great year if we get that far. Thanks, Mary. I can't say with any certainty, but I, I imagine it probably would cost you more to use an electric fire. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I understand that the cost of oil really has gone through the roof and has become unaffordable, almost a luxury for a lot of people. Uh, somebody else saying, don't forget about the carbon tax, which is going to increase in October on gas and coal. Uh, somebody else then in touch with us uh, uh, about uh, the foster parent allowance. Uh, nothing, not a bean for foster carers, foster children, if anything. Uh, this is a voluntary sector and it's not just good enough. They need more foster families, uh, but the rates haven't changed since 2009. Uh, Paddy Duffy in touch with us uh, saying, please God, this uh, will be the last Fine Gael budget. Uh, time will tell, but uh, I'd imagine Fine Gael would feel otherwise and would uh, certainly think that that won't be the case, Paddy. Uh, and indeed, Fianna Fáil might feel the same way. This budget seeks to strike the right balance with a range of targeted measures to help those most in need, with universal supports and with investment in our long-term policy objectives. This is a time of great change and no little turmoil across the world. I have no doubt the spirit of the Irish people will see us through. And our message to the people is clear. As a government, we will do the very best that we can to support you in the weeks, the months and the years ahead. And I do hope that taken in the round, this budget shows our good faith to work with people and for people. Our shared hope has been the bedrock of our resilience over the past three years. We have overcome so much in such a short space of time, and together we will do so again. As Seamus Heaney once expressed, hope is not optimism which expects things to turn out well, but something rooted in the conviction that there is good worth working for. A better and a fairer Ireland is a good we will continue to strive for. That's the Minister for Public Expenditure, Michael McGrath, part of the Minister's uh, budget speech to the Dáil yesterday. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now let's conclude today uh, with uh, the leader and founder of uh, the Ain't Two Party, Patrick Tobin, who's a TD for Meath West. Good morning to you and thanks uh, indeed uh, for joining us on uh, the programme uh, this morning. Uh, and despite uh, some of the criticism that we've heard on today's programme about yesterday's budget, I think it's been broadly welcomed and uh, I think it's probably true to say that it was a politically astute budget. Uh, do you think that the government party's popularity will soar in the next opinion polls? Well, I don't think it is astute. I don't think it's a fair budget. I don't think it will help those who mostly need it. And actually, many families will still end up paying more. And I'll give you an example of that. So everybody will be delighted that they'll get electricity credits, for example. And the electricity credits are three payments uh, you know, uh, that are happening over the next number of months. Mm. And it costs about 1.2 billion euros. But if you actually work out the, the amount of extra VAT people have paid on fuel just in the last year and the extra carbon taxes people have paid, you know, 80% of those payments they're going to get back have actually just come out of their pockets in extra taxes. So the government are giving in one hand and, and, and taking from the other. It's incredible that we're paying more taxes on fuel today than we did before the cost of living crisis actually happened. And other issues that, I, like, you know, that are really mm-hmm. frustrating are issues such as the GP card system. So everybody's going to welcome an expansion of the GP card system. But the, the fact is GPs are as rare as hen's teeth. So what we're going to see is an increase in the, the demand for GPs, but we're actually having a reduction in the supply of GPs, which will end up in longer waiting times and, and more delays. And it's another example of what I call the, the free bus 
fiasco. The government launched what sounds like a lovely plan to give free bus uh, service uh, to school children, but they don't do the work in actually providing the capacity on the buses, and therefore we have this ongoing fiasco where children are waiting on the side of the road. If the government doesn't fix the GP numbers, it doesn't matter how much expansion they give to the GP card system, we're still going to have problems in getting uh, to, to GPs. And, and childcare mm. is similar to this. So the government promised a reduction in the childcare fees. Again, something that everybody will welcome. But if you talk to the industry, they'll tell you that the new government system of core funding leaves them teetering on the brink. Hundreds of childcare facilities have already closed in the last two years. And the representatives of the childcare and early education uh, will tell you that hundreds more will close. So again, uh, reduced fees will lead to you know, increased demand. But the fact that uh, suppliers can't operate will mean that there will be less supply. So again, parents mm-hmm. will be waiting uh, to see can they get their child into childcare uh, facilities uh, as well. So and that's a major problem. Yeah, but having said that, uh, people are going to be up thousands of euros as a result of what was announced yesterday in some circumstances. And they're the people that the government parties will be targeting in the next election. Do you believe that their popularity will soar in the polls as a result? See, I think what this problem, what this government is missing is the technical ability to do things themselves. So we know, for example, that one of the reasons why electricity is so dear is because it's linked to the cost of gas mm. in its generation. So this government is kind of like Homer Simpson. When Homer Simpson ran for mayor, uh, he had a, a, a motto or a slogan. He said, why can't somebody else do it? So we've asked the mm. government to decouple the price of electricity from gas, and they said, no, no, that's a European yeah. Well, it is, it, it, uh, and the government fought the, <laughs> the decision, uh, but at the same time, it is a European decision. Well, Spain and Portugal. This is another example. Spain and Portugal have got a derogation and they have decoupled the price of gas and electricity. The government say that um, the windfall tax is going to be carried out by the EU. Yet Italy has done it for themselves to the benefit of their citizens. The, the, the government says that VAT can't be reduced and diesel or petrol or kerosene. And yet we see Spain has done exactly that. So, you know, this kind of instinct by the government is, why can't somebody else do it? Mm. The government is responsible to the people who elected them they should be doing this work, not waiting for the European Union to do it uh, you know, a number of years down the road. The other real frustration I have with this particular uh, uh, budget is much of the increased investment this year is, um, is tied to the words once-off. Once-off appears incredibly uh, regular. Mm. So third-level fees for students, absolutely we welcome the reduction this year. But they'll go back up next year. Um, this should have been a an opportunity for the government to actually decrease third-level students' uh, fees every single year, not just this year. Even many of the, pe- the, the, the benefits that social welfare yeah. and pensioners will receive, these are once-off benefits. Okay, but a lot, of the money, a lot of mo- the money that is funding these once-off measures is coming from corporation tax, and it's not certain that that money will be there in four or five years. No, listen, I, 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 I don't want to see corporation tax going into a um, uh, ongoing mm. payments within the state because it, it definitely does put the the budgetary position of the country at risk if you're um, if you're relying on that. Ten companies mm. actually determine uh, nearly a third of the uh, corporation taxes coming in uh, in this state, and if they if the CFOs if the, the financial officers make a decision to, to leave Ireland, that leaves a big hole in our budget. But the government did have uh, the funding. Uh, in relation to, to, to investment in those on the lower incomes. After all, 
this budget was in the context of trying to help those who most need it. Uh, and what we're actually going to see is upper income earners uh, significantly benefit, while lower income earners won't. You know, your person on a pension will get 12 quid extra uh, on a weekly basis. That doesn't even follow the cost of living increase, the inflation rate. Mm. So in real terms, that 12 euro uh, extra for a person on a pension is actually a pay cut uh, in, in real terms. Um, also, the government missed opportunities. I think the, the, the residential zones uh, land tax, that's, you know, to replace the vacant site tax. Mm. That's still in the future tense. The promise of vacant home tax, like me and you are going to be talking about this for a number yeah. of years, because it's so nebulous. Um, it says that a, a, a occupier has to be in the house less than 30 days mm. a year. Um, if, if they're there less than 30 days a year, it, it, they'll have to pay a tax on it. But how do you prove if you're 31 days in the house? Yeah, the ESB bill, <laughs> as we heard earlier on, may be the solution to that. But time yeah. will tell. I've run out of time. I'm sorry. Uh, I have to leave it there. But thank you indeed uh, for joining us on the programme. As always, founder and leader of Ain't Two, Peter Toby and TD for Midwest. That's our programme for today. God willing, we'll see you for our next programme tomorrow morning at 9am right here on LMFM. Good morning. Bye-bye. The Michael Reed Show podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at lmfm.ie LMFM podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.